Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here back in the studio recording across the table from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. Oh, look at you when you were on Happy Hour shirt. You look great. Look at you. I could touch you, but I won't. Uh, yeah, the Starbucks barista complimented my shirt today. No way. And I took everything in my power to not be like, yeah, it's my podcast, bitch. <laughs> they would have slapped you across <laughs> the face. I will say the most compliments I've gotten on it are from, one, my dad, our biggest fan, mm-hmm. and two, sad-looking retail uh, workers, <laughs> cashiers at pharmacies and mostly at coffee places have been like unhappy or yeah, that's what I'm always having over here. <laughs> yeah. They're well, all welcome here. How was your week? You know, it was great. I was up in New Hampshire, just living that sweet lake house life, loving it. Live, laugh, love. How about you? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> love that for you. <laughs> I um I had a very interesting morning. Oh, and we have been I, we've been at the office together, but we haven't really talked. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because so, some some of us actually have work. Okay, I did work. Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare! Okay, so for the past couple of weeks, I've had this weird pressure. I feel like pressure feeling in my abdomen. Oh no. Which, just to clarify, because I told I to- was talking to my mother, my abdomen is my. Belly area. Okay. So As when I said abdomen to... to my mother, she was like, oh, next to your testicles. And I was like, where do you think your abdomen is? <laughs> where does she think your testicles are? Yeah. I asked her, I literally was like, where do you think your abdomen is? And she was like, I don't know, like above my pelvis. And I was like, where do you think my testicles are? <laughs> I was so confused by this train of thoughts. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, no, my abdomen, I've, it's not like a pain. It's just this pressure. Uh, and then I Googled it, of course, and uh, immediately was like, oh my God, I'm, my appendix is about to explode. It is for sure a balloon about to pop. <laughs> well, it's just like, it was so specific. The result was like 
your appendix is on your right side, like when you have that kind of pain. But appendix, they say appendicitis is usually it's like 24 hours from lighting the fuse to explosion. I was also overdue for a physical. And so I made an appointment to go to the doctor this morning. Okay, they had to take blood. I had to fast beforehand for like (gasps) eight hours. Uh, I know, eight hours. First thing in the morning. (laughs) Basically, I just had to skip breakfast, but still I was like... You have like three a day, so... (laughs) And I got there. They've asked me this beforehand before where they're like, do you get faint or like pass out when we take blood? And I was like, never, never happened to me before. (laughs) Every single time. (laughs) I was actually hoping for the first time because, you know, I've muscled up since the last time (laughs) not to brag. And I feel like my veins are popping. I was like, she's going to find this no problem. Well, she really had to fish around. I got my body immediately went from zero to fully damp. My shirt was sopping wet. It was dry 60 seconds before, sopping wet. The little paper that was on the table, Uh sopping wet. Disgusting. And then I was like, you know what? And I was wearing a mask, so I don't think she could even like see my expression change. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting to feel pretty faint here. (laughs) She was like, okay, okay, lay down. And that was when she was like, okay, I kind of messed up and we're going to have to do it again. No. We only got one tube. We need like three full tubes. (gasps) And I was like, are you kidding? (laughs) So she laid me. She was like, okay, just lay down, relax. But then, yeah, then the entire sheet was like sopping wet. Cute. And that was just like the nurse. And then the nurse practitioner, the like senior nurse comes in, who's like the main person I'm seeing. And Mm -hmm. he's like the hottest person ever. Obviously, his eyes immediately go down to look at the sopping wet surface that I'm sitting on. (laughs) And yeah, long story short, he was like, I don't think it's your appendix. It doesn't hurt when you press on it. It's probably just constipation and or gas. And so, yeah, gonna I'm literally scheduling some laxative time for the end of the week. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not going to do it today because I'm here in the office. But tomorrow when I'm just at home, going to schedule some nice laxative time. <laughs> I hope that solves the problem. What a... Or my appendix will just literally rupture. And then we'll know. I'm so sorry to everyone who tuned into this episode. And this is how we're starting things off. But you know what? This is who we are. Anyway, so what is happening on today's episode? As always, we're going to kick things off with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into picnic culture. Because apparently everyone loves getting together to eat on the ground. And I know this will surprise you. It's truly shocking. But guess what? What? I don't. Really? And finally, we've got comedian, cabaret artiste, podcast host, and season five winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, Jinx Monsoon. Jinx and I spend a lot of time talking about very important topics like eggs, strip clubs, and boxers. Boxers like the underwear, not the dog. So stick around for all of that and so much more. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, two naked men in Australia had to be rescued from a forest after they were startled by a deer while sunbathing on the beach and became lost. Wow, what a beautiful saga. (laughs) 
only in Australia. That was my Australian accent. That was close, I guess. So anyway, these two men had to call for help after they got lost, according to a police statement. And then the police statement said, unbelievably, we saw two men sunbaking naked on a beach. They were startled by a deer, ran in the, into the national park, and got lost. Hey, you know what? That might have been the best you've ever done. I'm proud of you. I'm sorry for all Australians listening, because yeah. I'm sure they strongly disagree with me. Um, there was a younger man and an older man. The younger man was naked and carrying a backpack. The older man was partially clothed. Not really sure what's happening here. I just, you know, it's Australia. Australia is the Florida of the world, as we know. And I just assume people are naked all the time there in some various state of undress. Sure. Uh, it did say the temperature range in this area was between 37 degrees and 66 degrees Fahrenheit. What? So not summer. No. It is. I always forget that Australia is on the opposite of us. Right. So yes. it's like basically winter time there right now. It's the cusp of winter. Yeah, I would not want to be out there naked. Yeah, sunbaking is they call is what they call it. The police commissioner called them idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah, unbelievably was just the beginning of his editorializing. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like I got away from the actual story here, which was that they were sunbathing and then a deer scared them and they ran into a forest and got lost. (laughs) Of all the creatures to pop out in Australia, I feel like I would be grateful for the deer, you know, like versus scared of them, you know, something else. Also, I see deer all the time. I'm not going to like run and run so hard and so fast that you can't find your way back. Like, what kind of forest is this? What kind of deer is this? That's the question. Is it's like, this is some kind of aggressive Australian deer mm. that is, you know, so kind of Australian and scary and hunts crocodiles. Wow. So you have no idea, <laughs> mate. Next! A woman in Rhode Island was charged with violating a city ordinance against feeding wild animals after her neighbors blamed her for exacerbating the neighborhood rodent problem by feeding the rats. Wow, rat lady. They were like, a this new bitch kind. is feeding rats. She, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife. They're feeding rats. Everybody out here. That's that viral video. Yep, I remember it. Um, the local news captured several large nocturnal rats that were active in the middle of the day. Basically, these these rats are so hopped up on nutrition right now because they're getting so well fed <laughs> that they are out in the middle of the day just having a grand old time. They don't care if they're being spotted. But anyway, this woman was like, I'm not even feeding the rats, okay? I was feeding the birds and other animals the birds and ducks two separate categories oh yeah classically famously (laughs) she pleaded not guilty told reporters that she was being charged simply for feeding the birds and ducks uh and she was like who would have known just loving animals gets you in that much trouble and her neighbors were like we're we literally have video of you throwing food to a bunch of rats It's this video shot by neighbors showed the woman flinging food all over the driveway for other animals, which entices the rats. Uh, And then an official in the mayor's office was like, we saw more than 20 rats in a carport at the woman's house. So it's like, I mean, 
Okay, I get the defense that you're feeding mm-hmm. the birds and ducks. Mm-hmm. But if you know that there are a shitload of rats who happen to dine at the same restaurant that you are serving at, you might want to reconsider. You might think about a, a bird feeder, you know? No issues with rats there. It's high up above. Well, eh, squirrels get into it, but I've never heard of rats getting into bird feeders. Anyway, they are taking care of the rat problem, but the mayor's office said it could take like months. Sucks for them. <laughs> Next! Officials in Raleigh, North Carolina. I, I think I've said this before. The, the very first concert I went to, Clay Aiken, Kelly Clarkson, my mom made us make a sign because Clay Aiken had a chihuahua named Raleigh. <laughs> and we had a dog named Molly. Wow. And my mom made us make a sign that rhymed Molly with Raleigh. Oh, wow. Okay. Just a reference that nobody got. No. Not even us. <laughs> Um, our dog's name rhymes. Both of our dog's names rhyme is just what I imagine her yelling to the stage. And it's like, what is Clay supposed to do with that information? Yeah. And I mean, just think about how much that story says about me as a person. Right. And my history. I want to keep breaking it down. I went to a concert, a Clay Aiken, Kelly Clarkson concert with my mother gay. and father and brother. <laughs> gay, gay, gay. Uh, and that we made a sign yep. about our Yorkie Molly. And Clay Aiken's Chihuahua, Raleigh. <laughs> anyway, officials in Raleigh, North Carolina, sent out a notice urging the public to be on the lookout for a venomous snake on the loose. Here's my advice. Get the heck out of that entire state. Just leave. Just leave the whole place. I yeah. would not stay. If there's one loose snake in in this city, I'm out of here. Yep. And I'm not talking about a trouser snake, if you know what I mean. Boy. (laughs) I'm talking about a snake snake, especially a venomous snake. Yeah. The police department warned of a missing zebra cobra. Mm -mm. They said could spit and bite if cornered. (laughs) Okay, same. I often forget that snakes spit. Yeah, it's disgusting and rude. (sighs) Yeah. Like, learn some manners. I wish I had venom, though. (laughs) I don't know. Why is our saliva useless? I mean, I guess it breaks down food in our mouth. But like if I spit at someone, it's not going to burn them. That'd be pretty cool. Basically, this is an extremely venomous snake that is around North Carolina. An animal control officer was called um, to a home in Northwest Raleigh because someone reported a live snake. And uh, by the time they got there, the snake was gone, which is usually what happens when you're dealing with a live animal Mm -hmm. that moves. Right. So it slithered away. Uh, and then it turns out someone was missing their highly venomous snake. You are allowed to have this snake in North Carolina, but the rules are you got to keep it in an escape-proof, bite-proof enclosure, and the owner must notify law enforcement if it escapes. Here's a question. Why have that snake? What does it do for you? That What, what joy does it bring? What I why have a venomous snake? You, it's not even like a snake that you can like put on you, and like hang out with. Yeah, I, I don't, don't understand the thrill of it at all. I really don't. Or, nor do I. Nor do I understand why we allow it. Yeah, I don't. There are some times where it's like, oh, it's America. We have freedoms, and it's like, should we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm. What I'm saying is that I support an amendment to the Constitution banning venomous snake ownage. 
And finally, an exit off Interstate 95 in Florida. Only in Florida. Had to be closed for three hours after 100 homing pigeons fell off a truck and refused to move. (laughs) Posing a driving hazard to motorists. She rose. She rose. She rose. Absolutely love this for them. These homing pigeons were like, make us, bitch. (laughs) This is literally a protest. (laughs) Sit in on the highway. Um, Yeah, they are protesting the state of Florida. They fell off a truck and they were like, yeah, you brought us to the state. You can pick us up and move us. (laughs) So, yeah, there was this crate carrying 100 pigeons that fell off the truck near Daytona Beach. And um, because the birds roost at night... The pigeons just stayed on the road. I guess that happened during the night until um, the bright lights from from cars started started to scare them. Yeah. And so then they started flying into the air uh, and scaring cars. It's just um, like in Hocus Pocus when they use the car lights to make the witches think that it's daylight. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, it's just like that. But a bunch of pigeons. This news release said it's the worst case scenario, homing pigeons that can't find their home. Pixar movie. Okay, yeah. Literally the saddest thing I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) I always also thought it was honing pigeons. Yeah, because they're honing in on their destination. Right. So um, sheriff's deputies uh, and a whole bunch of other animal people... Uh, attempted to capture the pigeons. And this, according to the story, said it says, ultimately recovering 73 of them. <laughs> what happened to the rest? Oh, no. I don't know if they just flew away or got hit. They also said the birds weren't banded, so they don't know who owned them. What kind of truck know. was this? If also, it just fell off the truck and it just kept going. Right. Also, a fall off the truck phrase is usually mafia related. So I don't know if that's what they're implying here. I mean, these might be some stolen pigeons. I love this Pixar movie is just writing itself. It is. <laughs> yeah. Then this animal control officer was like, our job is to help animals find their way home, whether they're covered in fur, scales, or in this case, feathers. Why don't you suck a dick? Okay. <laughs> This is their moment to shine. Yeah, it was like, let me just bust out this poetry. This is also related to another Birdwatch 2021 story. Birdwatch 2021. <laughs> um, there was residents in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, reported that there's dozens of ducks, as many as 60 ducks, that have taken over this neighborhood and are starting to multiply and become a nuisance mm. and follow these two women around in, per- in particular. Oh, no. And that these two women, they they said the ducks just kind of wait outside their house until they leave and then follow them around the neighborhood. Do they think that they're their moms or that they're their enemy? I don't know. I'm just saying the vast national conspiracy that is whatever is happening with the birds right now, (laughs) these women are in on it. This is an X-Files episode. That is it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh, If you're already a subscriber, I, I, I'm behind on uploading the past couple weeks. <laughs> but I'm uploading them all. I'm also figuring out a way to do just audio so that you can, it'll show up right in your feed. Ooh. And that'll make it even easier for you to get this bonus content. Anyway, next. Next, pack 
up your little baskets because we're diving deep into picnics. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, we are well into July. Summer is underway. uh, And that means we are officially in picnic season. Okay. Tis the time for eating in nature. (sighs) Barbecues, eating in the park, the backyard, the forest, alfresco dining, if you will. Just like the raccoons do it. Is this a pleasant experience? Absolutely fucking not. It's terrible in every way. Does that stop millions of Americans from having barbecues and picnics outside every year? Also no. And just so we're clear, I'm not talking about outdoor dining. Like, you know, oh, would you like a table indoors or or on our temperature-controlled patio? Because that's just indoor dining that you're doing outdoors. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We're talking about eating on the earth. And that is bad. So let's get into it. This is the worst things about picnics. First of all, 80% of all picnics is just stopping your paper plate from blowing away in the wind. Unacceptable. What are you supposed to use? Rocks? Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I supposed to bring paperweight to, to, my, to my picnic? Put it right next to my potato salad. Is that what you want? One of the one of the great inventions of modern society, I would argue, is the invention of walls. A great invention. Yeah, they they prevent the wind from taking away everything you love. Because you know, back in prehistoric times, cavemen. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine a caveman, Tim. We'll call him. Sure. You know, he's got a pile of delicious treats that he's excited to eat. Mm -hmm. He spent all day hunting for them. Yeah, hunting and gathering for them. He puts it right next to himself, you know, and then he's like, okay, now I got to go wash up before I eat. You know, make it make myself nice for myself. Right. He comes back. The wind blew away all his shit. Oh, my God. So you know what he did? He built a wall. And now 20,000 years later, we're shitting on his memory by eating outside. Also, some of these paper plates, way too flimsy. If you're making it out of paper, what difference does it make? Yeah, 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 yeah. Make it a little I mean, thicker. I know there's probably a reason, <laughs> but it's like, I don't, paper plates should not be like one ply. Yeah, you know what it is? If you make the paper plate flimsy enough, I will just use more plates. So mm-hmm. you might as well just make it a little bit of a thicker plate. It's the same thing with toilet paper. You make shitty toilet paper, guess what? I'm just going to use more of it. Yeah, and also my asshole will burn. Yeah, good thing I've got my bidet. Yeah, Uh, there's just some of these paper plates are not built to withstand the elements. Mm -mm. Like you put a single chip on some of these plates and that thing is buckling under the pressure. Don't even think about putting something even slightly moist on there either. Which is everything at a picnic. Why? One thing that's dry at a picnic. I can't. You can't. I simply cannot. Maybe a bun. Well, the right, bur- but then but the then the burger is on dry. it, and then the it just goes through. No, a burger is not dry. Well, it depends on the quality of barbecue you're attending. True. And this is speaking from uh, as someone of white experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not attending the most high quality of barbecues. <laughs> Next, barbecues are like, um, we know eating outside is already inconvenient. So why don't we make it even more inconvenient by making you literally build your entire meal yourself? 
I appreciate the freedom of like a build your own burger situation, but in an environment where like chaos already reigns, I just don't need this level of choice. Also, like buffet situations inside are already like a war zone. Bringing that outside, taking away all the other variables of the environment and then just like doing it outside. Not a good idea. Yeah. And I would argue some of the best picnic foods, like a potato salad. Love a potato salad. Macaroni and cheese. Mm. You know, that's not something that holds up well in public. Or in transit to get to the public. Or in private, for that matter. (laughs) It's really, you got to eat that the second after it's made. And most everything that you're bringing that is hot to a barbecue is probably going to taste bad by the time it gets to the barbecue. Yeah. Although sometimes, like, warm potato salad. Well, (laughs) potato salad I wasn't including because I think of that as a cold item. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, sometimes... When it's hot, it hits the spot. Oh, my God. It's the most Midwestern thing I've ever heard you say. Yeah. You really, the best environment to eat a potato salad is like a walk-in freezer. Yes. And even though potato salad is delicious, honestly, one of my top five foods, I would argue most picnic food, horrible. Yeah. I love potato salad. Don't give me that look. I love potato salad. I'm just saying top five. Salad. Top five is like strong. Uh, there's this one place near our house that makes some of the best potato salad. And it's because it's mostly like hard boiled. <laughs> <laughs> but most picnic food is just not good. It's like, how about we eat like animals, but also make the food a worse version of what you're used to? <laughs> I mean, yes, it's probably just because I've been to bad barbecues. True, true. And people in my family can't cook. Because mm-hmm. um, half the time it's just someone's uncle like burning burger patties until they look like charcoal and then making you squirt a bunch of watery ketchup and mustard on it. Next! Also, let's face it, the ground covered in pee. Always. Yeah. And poo. Let's let's just say it. At least if it's if it's a park in New York City, if it's a park in any city and there are dogs because that's the only place you can bring a dog, there is urine everywhere. There is shit remnants everywhere. It doesn't matter how well the owner cleans up, that entire place is covered in piss and shit. Yeah. We had a neighborhood dog named Barney. He was <laughs> this he was never groomed, so oh, he God. just looked like a piece of undercouch lint. <laughs> They would wander around. He was, like, fully blind. Oh, no. So he had those, like, milky blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And he just used to wander around and take fat shits in everybody's yard. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, you can eat in the grass, but, like, you probably are going to kneel right down in a Barney's shithole. Get a little bit of your coli in you. But, but so, yeah, the ground is usually covered in piss. If it's not piss, then it's some other horrifying wetness. If it's rained at any point in the last 72 hours, you're going to get fucking damp as heck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, the one that always gets me, this thought always occurs to me. And yes, this may be a basic picnic thought, but the thought every time a fly lands, it throws up (laughs) is in my head. And I did. I fact checked this. And by that, I mean, I Googled it. Right. And the top result said, is it true that every time a fly lands, it throws up? You've heard this before. Oh, of course. Of course. And it said that's not true. Oh. Um, only when it lands on your food. <laughs> <laughs> so if a fly lands on you, well, I don't know. Are, are you, you food? food? To someone you are. You are what you eat. 
So the point is, when flies throw up, it's because they're throwing up, like, enzymes or whatever to, like, break down the food so they can slurp it up. Right. So it's like, yeah, they're going to throw up when they land on food because they want to eat it. Mm. So, yeah, just know that every time a fly lands on any of your picnic food. But it's like, who cares? I'll eat a fly. I don't care. I'll eat it. I don't, I don't care if I eat a throw up. I'll eat the whole fly. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Jinx Monsoon on the pod right after this commercial break. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast my guest complainer today is cabaret artist thespian podcast host fifth season winner of rupaul's drag race Jinx Monsoon. Hi. Welcome to the pod, Jinx. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are you are still rocking it in, in the closet, as we all have been for the past year, I suppose. It looks like a closet. It's actually like a bona fide room that's become my... Okay, good. <laughs> it's become my office, <laughs> dressing room, recording studio. Uh, there's a green screen off camera. You know, <laughs> I do appreciate the clarification 
situation, lest anybody, you know, yeah, it's kind suspect of like that you are in the closet. Closet sounds a bit pejorative when I fully refer to this as my <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did the same thing when the, when the pandemic started. I was literally recording in a closet, and then I moved, and I have an, an office. And I set it up, and now I do have to you make got the, the, egg the specification. Crate styrofoam on the walls now, and <laughs> there's no no sound gets through here. We're we're doing all right. Someone could literally murder me in this room, and no one would hear my screams. I'm gonna take you up on that. We'll test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know, you don't have my direct address. <laughs> Um, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I always start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? The thing that I hate that everyone loves is eggs. And I don't know why this is. Um, okay. I, I'll eat things with eggs in it. Like, I, of mm-hmm. course, like eat lots of pastry. Of course, I eat lots of pastries <laughs> and baked goods with eggs in it. <laughs> That's not uh-huh. what I'm talking about. Just eggs cooked for breakfast or eggs added into a dish is like, and now we'll put some scrambled eggs or we'll crack an egg on top. Or I, I have tried throughout my life. There's so many things I hated as a kid that I love now, you know, like so many vegetables and meats and stuff that I wouldn't touch as a kid. So I thought maybe it's the same with eggs. Nope. I still thoroughly hate them. I, I, uh-huh. I'm I the person who goes to like a breakfast sandwich place and orders their like signature breakfast sandwich without eggs. And then like uh-huh. I've even ordered eggs Benedict without eggs before just because I wanted everything else. So it's on just the Benedict. A, a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Biscuit, <laughs> ham a, and some hollandaise. With ham. And yes, I'm fully <laughs> aware that hollandaise sauce is essentially egg sauce. Yeah, that is but true. But it's different to me. It it must be the texture. <laughs> it, it, it's like the texture, the taste is fine. I will say the one time I like can handle scrambled eggs is when it's like in pad thai because it kind of blends uh-huh. in with the chicken and it's absorbed all the yeah. other flavors. But if you're talking about like sunny side up, scrambled, over easy, hard boiled, hard boiled is probably the absolute worst of all of them. <laughs> I yeah, I am with you in in that I do believe that eggs are are just objectively disgusting. Yeah. I that being said, I do eat an an ungodly amount of eggs. Uh <laughs> I eat an amount of eggs where it's like my cholesterol is probably like, you know, at dangerous levels at all times. But that is, you know, that is how I treat my body. Um, But eggs are just weird. Just as a concept, it is weird. And then as a texture, they are weird. Yeah, it's like, let's eat this unfertilized ovum. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's eat this baby that... With this almost baby, <laughs> you know, I was gonna say baby that never was, but um, just the fact that you could crack it open and you see like the part of it that would be the thing, and then the other juices that are around it, and yeah. And why do the whites turn white? They don't start I, out no, white. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't like a runny egg. Whenever it's still kind of juicy, that's not in my. <laughs> I don't, I, think, I don't love that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say eggs. As juicy, you know, that's what it's there. They are. That's like a runny, like you know, you, you still get it, and it's still kind of 
It's still wet. It's got the juice, yeah. Yeah. I do think I'm decent at cooking eggs. My partner is a normal human who enjoys eggs and but it's, you know, I I I'm I I I think I'm a seasoned home cook, you know. I'm uh-huh. I make more than just mac and cheese and burritos. I like I, I experiment. I I think I'm an accomplished home cook. But it's maddening to like cook eggs for people and then not be able to taste them because I can't stomach right. the, you know, like I taste everything <laughs> yeah. I cook, even if it's something I don't like, except for eggs, because I'm not going to puke in everyone's breakfast, you know. So I typically just like have to trust my instincts and, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, like I'm doing something nice for them by even touching the things. So, <laughs> yeah. That is, that is, I think they should be thankful. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like that is laudable that you are, um, I feel like I would never make stuff for anybody if I did not personally like it. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 you're getting what I like. (laughs) I I enjoy it. If I'm going to taste it and enjoy it, then that's what you're getting. I I think. So it's selfless of you. It's Well, it's really just more my my ego wanting everyone to tell me what a great cook I am at the end. So it's like (laughs) I'm I'm a people pleaser, but it's really just so that they all compliment me in the end. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I I relate to that. That is. That is fair. Um, (laughs) I've been thinking about the fact that, like, you know, in my lifetime, um, oh, my Jesus. I there's so many motors. You want to know something I hate? Motorcycles are the bane of my existence. Um, I yeah, unnecessarily loud. My my father um, is a motorcycle fanatic and has always tried to get me into motorcycles, and I just hate everything about them. It's just like yeah, we see you, okay? We see, we get it. You, you we have our attention now. What do you? Want? I don't even know if anyone else heard that motorcycle. I have the gain on my microphone down so much. Like I don't know if anyone else heard that like I'll stop everything I'm doing just to complain about motorcycles driving by. No, this is about, <laughs> this is the place to do it. I digress. I was thinking a lot about you know, in my lifetime, this is one of the only things that the entire world experienced together. You know, there's yeah, there's lots of yeah. things that I think have affected all of America, all of the LGBTQ plus community. But this is the like first event in my life where the entire world has been almost equally. I mean, you can't say equally. Everyone's got different things going on. But uh, but they we've been impacted in very, you know, uh, global ways that everyone can relate to. And so you think about that shared experience of trauma. And then as a cabaret performer, it used to be a big part of my show to go out into the audience and, you know, communicate with the audience, steal steal sips of their drinks, take one person's gum out of their mouth and put it into the other person's mouth. You know, (laughs) like these are... These are things I'll never be able to do again. And I'm trying to think of how I'm going to adapt um, as a cabaret performer now that I can't just, like, go up and pick people's noses. You know, like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> right. I don't know. I have See, my theory is that we're going to very quickly return to a place where people are just openly swapping gum in, in public. <laughs> if if we haven't already. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I went to karaoke this weekend. I, I unfortunately, I do enjoy karaoke. <laughs> Me too, and, but um, I'm, I, I, I have to um, keep it in small doses um, so that the demons stay at bay. But go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. Uh, but there's always, it's always a nice ego check because, mm-hmm. like, it can either go very well or very not well. And I think the night I had it, it, it was both. So I, I did a great number and a not so great number, and it's <laughs> that's the type of balance that really keeps me grounded. But I was sort of amazed at how much I was just like, yeah, all of the we're all just kind of like spraying germs on everybody, and we're all and then taking a germ stick and just like you know licking it and passing it around. (laughs) The place that we went to, they were very, uh, they were very on top of replacing the little condom Mm -hmm. on the top of the microphone between every person. That's good. That's, yeah, that's really good. To I hear. mean, I have thought about that just as a performer in general, um, where, you know, you go to clubs around the country and oh. you're putting your mouth on a microphone. That- Don't even get me started on those goddamn drag queen microphones. You know, like when you can see the rings of lipstick around the microphone from where different <laughs> people have deep throated that microphone. Um, and I I mean, deep throating a microphone is one of my go to party tricks, you know, like hold, uh-huh. sustaining a note while I shove the mic down my throat and then pull it back out all with keeping the one note going. Like that's one of my go to party tricks. And and it's like I'm fully vaccinated now and I still find myself like very it's just kind of like I had to train myself during the pandemic because I had never realized how disgusting I was until we were like putting this extra emphasis on keeping things out of our mouth and eyes and washing our hands I'm like I guess I never washed my hands before I felt like I had (laughs) never once washed my hands before the pandemic because suddenly Uh I'm washing my hands after every single thing I do before I do anything and I was like is this normal or was it more normal when I washed my hands like once a week? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I do think there's probably a beautiful balance somewhere right in the, right in the middle, but you'll find it. I, I believe in you. Yeah, I think I was amazed at discovering how disgusted I am by everybody else. Like I already was, was fairly disgusted and... Once you really start clocking into how many like noises other people are making and, Mm. you know, sneezes and coughs and, you know, sniffles and it it gets out of control very quickly. Oh, yeah. And then like walking down the street on my occasional sojourns to the grocery store, there would be times I'd have my mask on, but there would be times where I like walk into someone's vape cloud and I'm like, well, uh-huh. that's it. You just, you just like gave me like a, a silkwood shower of your COVID vape cocktail. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like when you can see the puff uh, that is like, okay, that was, that was a gas that was inside of you that is now floating in the air, yeah. and all of those particles. Yeah, when yeah. you get a visual, visualization of walking into someone else's breath, it's like, it's kind of jarring. Yeah, and now we're all, you know, if you go back into a a, a physical space, like a bar, uh, you could just kind of imagine... Oh, yeah. It's just a shared smoke cloud, a shared vape (laughs) cloud that we're all in. (laughs) And if it's a strip club... Um, then you've got like sweat in the mix. You've got like, um, you know, just general, 
There's just more exposed areas, so you have to imagine uh-huh. everything that's like uh, evaporating off of that, you know. But actually, I mean, like that was why I went to strip clubs before the pandemic is because I wanted to bathe in other people's musk, you know. And um, yeah, uh huh. The first time I went out after being vaccinated was to Portland's amazing for for strip clubs, by the way. Oregon, I think, unless this has changed over the years, but the last time I checked, Oregon has the most sex shops per capita, like in the whole country. Like, Oregon loves sex, and Portland is very, very queer and very sex positive. You know, there's, like, just tons and tons of sex shops and porn shops and stuff, and we have not one, but two queer full Monty strip clubs, which is okay. just like right up my alley. Um, uh-huh. And so my first time out after being vaccinated was to a strip club. And I was like, maybe I should have like taken a baby step. You know, I went from living like a hermit for a year and a half to then just being like in a small room with naked people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but you made it out uh, as far out. as you know, with 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 no kind of skin to skin disease passing on. <laughs> there was, yeah, I, I made it out unscathed, and I was very happy for the experience. I was, I I, I mean, I live with all queer people, so it's like mm-hmm. I can't even say you know like I want to be around queer people again, um, but. What I do want to be around is queer people that aren't the people I live with. You know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love them. The change of they queer. are my yeah. family, but it's also like, wow, I know your three idiosyncrasies way more than I should have ever known them, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I, I will say, I, I feel like the uh, experience of going to any gay establishment now, maybe it's just New York and mm-hmm. the New York gays are out of control, but I feel like every place becomes a strip club, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> Everybody is like, I'm like, we were stuck inside for the last year. You're all comfortable taking your shirts off in this place <laughs> after a year of this? It amazes I, me. I have at my thinnest, at my most Fit at my twinkiest, I still never enjoyed taking my shirt off around anyone, really. You know? <laughs> I think I, I'm, yeah. my ideal sex situations are like um, just the <laughs> pants and underwear come off, socks, shirts, mm-hmm. overcoats, hats, gloves, that all stays on. <laughs> You're yeah. just naked yeah, just... between the knees and the waist and everything else is covered. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. What is what is the fly in a in an underwear even for? You know what I mean? <laughs> who if not who for uses easy the fly in their underwear? For real though. Absolutely nobody. But you know, perhaps it's time. Post pandemic <laughs> if you really want to hide everything else. Now's the time to use that. I think about the fact that there are still people out there who wear boxers. Um, Is that something like, I feel like from the moment I came out of the closet, boxers became a thing of the past. Like the only time I ever wore boxers was when I was trying to pass as straight, extremely unsuccessfully. Uh And I think about the fact that like, 
There are straight guys who still wear boxers, whereas boxers have yeah. been all but eradicated from the, the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> yeah, like violently. Like if someone saw you in bo- boxers, you would be you would be excommunicated. I was sleeping with a guy. I mean, we've been hookup buddies for about 10 years now. <laughs> we've been, we see each other about once a year for our like annual um, night of sex together. And um, uh-huh. I remember, I think I started to fetishize the fact that he still wore boxers and not just boxers, but yeah. he wore like family guy boxers. And I thought, okay, that's oh, the stupidest no. thing I've ever seen. Get inside me. That's I don't like know why it did it for me. Straight. Like, it was like, yeah, it was like heteronormative role play, I think. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he's bi and he, he's able to, he's a day walker. He's able to pass through in the straight world mm-hmm, fairly mm-hmm. unassumingly. And the fact that he would show up to my house in like Stewie Griffin boxers i was like simultaneously mortified and also like okay that something's happening for me with this i don't know why and i don't like it but it is working (laughs) yeah i i'm like trying to resist the urge to go full like pop therapist and try to like diagnose whatever this is Don't worry, I'm. Uh, we're already working on it over here. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I often think that I should just send my therapist um, my podcast, and <laughs> and or it would save us a lot of time. Because there are a lot of things. I don't know if you feel like this as a per- performer, a podcaster, all of that. But there are times when I say something in public where I'm like, you know. That was perhaps more revealing than I intended it to be. And now everyone knows. Yeah, I think my therapist would benefit from the conversations I have with my producer of what I want to cut from episodes and why. Because it's uh-huh. always, it's like in the moment, I'm always like, this is important. I don't think this this opinion was conveyed the way that I wanted it to be. And if you hear it out of context, it's not going to be the message I was trying to send. And it's like, Jinx, all you said was you hate pepper jack cheese. And I'm like, but there are a lot of people <laughs> out there who like pepper jack cheese who are going to think I'm, you know, like... Those conversations are what my therapist needs to hear. Like my my mm-hmm. Virgo tendency to analyze the most minute moments and find a way to make myself um, the villain in every situation. <laughs> <laughs> the pepper ba- pepper jack cheese villain. And just you know? for the record, I love pepper jack cheese. That was just this arbitrary example I pulled out of the air. <laughs> Sure. I I'll go on the record as saying fuck pepper jack cheese. So if we can maintain that that spectrum by I'll I'll go firmly on the other end cuz I don't like a spicy cheese. Um, There's no need for it. Yeah, I'm I, are there any other spicy cheeses besides pepper jack or you really just you tried to make I mean, it my sound mind like did... you're, you're like I'm an I, I give all cheese a chance but <laughs> Really, you just have a smear campaign against Pepper Jack right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that I wouldn't say that's wrong. <laughs> I, as previously stated, I am a, a white person who grew up in the Midwest, so my spice tolerance is rock bottom. Yeah. It really doesn't get much worse. My um, my partner's from the UK, and they don't believe mm-hmm. in spices over there. And it's it's amazing because even like. Even ethnic food over there, like Indian food and Thai food, 
when you eat those foods over there, they've been doled down for the uh-huh. British sensibilities. <laughs> so my partner um, loves my cooking, but I get very frustrated because, you know, like I love spicy things and there's a lot of dishes that I have had to like neuter essentially <laughs> to be palatable for him. <laughs> you know, like it's really foreign to me to make like fried chicken that's not also spicy and Uh uh, um, what I did our last long stay together I was slowly integrating more spice into the food like kind of like easing him into it and he never said anything about it so I thought I was like doing a really good job of doing it unnoticeably and then I remember one night I can't remember what I made but he said I know what you're doing I know that you're putting progressively more spicy things into the food (laughs) And I want to say that this dish right here is as spicy as it can get. And please consider this the threshold you must stop at. Like, you know, I, uh-huh. I felt so called out. But I guess it worked because <laughs> I am I think he's now trying to train for spicier food. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'll transition to um, your podcast, which is still relatively new. Yeah, it is still relatively new. It's still in its infancy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my podcast is called Hijinks. Um, you have to say it like that. Hijinks. It is a great title. <laughs> yes, and the credit goes to a fan. I do not remember which follower on Instagram gave me that title but it was like sitting right there in front of me and I never thought of it but um it kind of was birthed out of this uh, you know shift I had to make to digital entertainment when all mm-hmm. live entertainment uh you know was like bye uh, <laughs> yeah but I was doing this live show for a while and this was really when I was like okay I'm out of ideas uh, I'll do a show called Jinx calls her friends and I'll just call people and <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't really like uh, I didn't really check ahead of time. I would just call people and be like, you're on my live stream. Do you want to talk? And if they wanted to talk, they could. And if not, they could just hang up on me and everyone will hate them. But um, <laughs> and um, that kind of birthed the idea of doing a podcast of the the same nature. We've had amazing guests already. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Chris Colfer and Dulce Sloan, um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Kate Berlant was a huge coup for me. Kate Berlant. <laughs> such a- I'm a, such a huge fan of Kate's. Yeah. So I, I went and immediately listened to that episode. I want to move to a quick segment we call Elaborate, which is a, a few of your tweets where you express your dislike of something, and I'll just have mm-hmm. you elaborate on them. The first oh, of which sure. is it's fairly broad, which is I'm a very positive person, and yet I basically hate everyone. <laughs> I'm not alone, <laughs> right? So, I mean, yeah, we basically cover everything with just that one tweet. <laughs> it's really true. I mean, I I think... It's funny, I, I practice and work at being positive and kind and friendly because that's what I believe in. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. how I was raised. That's the type of person I want to be. But I swear to God, you cut me in line and I'm like ready to cast a curse on you. You know, <laughs> I had this experience at Whole Foods recently where some person like put her basket with the cashier 
uh-huh. to, I guess, hold her place in line while she then walked off and went and did more shopping. Mm-hmm. So as I'm mm-hmm. like walking in to start putting my stuff on the conveyor belt, she starts running up and like reads me the riot act for trying to cut her. And I'm like, <laughs> you haven't been here for the last five minutes. I've been the one patiently standing here. And it became a whole thing. But then, of course, because I also try to practice being kind, I was just like, well, of course, you know, go ahead. Take your spot in line. Yeah. I don't understand at all, but I just don't want to have the fight. And then she kept wanting to have the conversation. She kept wanting to explain why it was her spot in line and and why she wasn't doing anything wrong. And so I just took my cart and and left and went mm-hmm. to a different line. But then she's screaming at me from three lines oh. over, like, you can stand behind me. I wasn't trying to make you leave. And I just kept saying, please just stop talking to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I am trying over. to just remove myself from getting angry. So that's I think that's a good example of like, I am a positive person and I absolutely hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, that is a great example. I feel very much the same way. It's like there are there are certain rules that I think we are all aware of that, of course, are just rules that I've written in my head, but that <laughs> I assume everybody else is on the same page with. Uh, and that is very much one of them. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't take much to just like to pick up on what's what we're supposed to be doing to live in a civilized society. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Another one that I'm guessing happened after a certain choice that this place made, which was honestly, fuck Tumblr. (laughs) This was in March 2019. Um, Yeah, fuck Tumblr. Perhaps this was around the time that they decided to ban pornography from Tumblr. Absolutely. And... um, (laughs) It was, you know, it's a twofold statement because I was angry that all my porn blogs were now, like, gone. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was also just like, fuck Tumblr for taking this stance this late in the game. It's like, what is this sudden rise in puritanical, like idealism you know like what the fuck is that like and i just get very frustrated that we're living in this age Uh that simultaneously is trying to stop slut shaming you know and then at the same time we still like post people's like skanky photos and say like look at this slut it's like what age are Mm -hmm. we living in you know like are we sex positive or do like do people's like porn past still haunt them? I'm still not I'm I'm still like waiting for someone to just make a definitive statement on where we are as a society when it comes to sex. Right. <laughs> I mean if anybody is listening and has a good answer, then <laughs> they can they can call in. Uh people have a lot of learning to do. <laughs> Um, Well, on that note, we we can wrap up. Um, Where can people find you and your work? Um, You can follow me across all the social media platforms. I'm at The Jinx on Instagram and at Jinx Monsoon on everything else, basically. Um, And that's J-I-N-K-X. You have to use Mm -hmm. the K. I paid extra for it, and K is very expensive. (laughs) Um, 
No, I just thought I thought the K made it look more like a name and less like an exclamation. But um, sure. But really, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm really only active on Instagram. Got it. My assistant um, and I run my Facebook together. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, Twitter is pretty much a ghost town to me. <laughs> That's probably for the best. I yeah, think I, Twitter can be can be a lot. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I like complaining. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Same. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? This week, I wanted to highlight the Red Nation. It's an organization dedicated to the liberation of Native peoples from capitalism and colonialism. I found out about them and their Instagram and their podcast and YouTube channel, all of which we'll have links to in our show notes, through a recent episode of the podcast Today Explained, which is a great podcast that I love listening to. Um, They have Today Explained had a super informative episode about the horrifying discovery of mass graves of indigenous children at Canadian in residential schools and how we're not far removed from that in America either, which wasn't something that I necessarily knew a bunch about. So on Today Explained, they had Nick Estes on. He is a Native activist who hosts the Red Nation podcast, and that's how I found out about them. You can support them by subscribing to their podcast and their YouTube channel. Uh, you could support them with your dollars on Patreon or by making a donation through their website. So I wanted to highlight that organization and because uh, it's also important to, even as the news cycle moves on uh, from what is happening in Canada right now, doesn't mean that we should stop educating ourselves about what happened and what is still happening to indigenous peoples in our own country. Nice. All right. Uh, Let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I haven't been watching a bunch of TV, but I was able to watch two movies on a plane, and that was very fun for me. Mm -hmm. I finally watched Paris is Burning, which Uh you have recommended so many times. Great documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also watched Aaron Brockovich, um, which I also had never seen and loved. Um, So not TV, but that's really all I watched this week. (laughs) I don't know if I've seen Aaron Brockovich. Highly recommend. What have you been watching this week? Uh, What have I been watching? I watched a a bunch. I've been watching a lot of like pilots for different shows Mm. as I'm working on writing stuff. But the the show that I fell in love with this week is Ted Lasso. Oh, you hadn't watched it? I hadn't watched it. I'm really excited for the new season. You know who's in the writer's room? Ashley Nicole Black. No way. Guest complainer. Previous guest complainer. I it might be one of my like top five favorite shows really? of all time. I, I don't know if it just like really hit the right spot. I think it did. Yeah, I like did not expect it to love it as much as I did because it's a, it's a sports show. Right, I'm right, right. doing air quotes but that nobody can see. A sports show where they wear shorts that really show off the butts. So true, it's true. A, it is, you know, a good sport to be watching. But yeah, and uh, I forget her name. Hannah Waddingham. Is that her first name? Who, Hannah? who plays the director or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She is amazing. She was the shame lady from Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. which makes it even better. 
Um, but yeah, it's such like a heartwarming show, but also um, laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's very and, enjoyable. And butts. Uh, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that while I was in L.A., I went to McConnell's, oh. the storefront. Not the original. I'm saving that experience for going with you. Of sure, course, sure. I would not do that without <laughs> you. Um, but I did go and I did get three scoops of three different flavors strategically placed top to bottom in a waffle cone. It was flavors that I couldn't necessarily get from the bodega here. It was amazing. And I was so happy. And it was the only photo of myself that I took from the entire week <laughs> that I was in L.A. I was like, someone please take a picture of me with this ice cream. Thank you. So you can taunt me with it. Yes. Yeah, I do really want to try. They had like a pride flavor. It sounded so good. Yeah. My friend got it. I had honey and cornbread cookie oh, ice cream. Yeah, I saw that. Incredible. Incredible. Not too sweet. The cornbread was really like more of a cornbread type of texture too, uh-huh. which was like a nice soft. You weren't getting a hard cookie that you're biting into. And then the honey was, oh, woo. Woo. Yeah, loved McConnell's. It all. I love McConnell's. They're really doing it the way no one else is. Please send me ice cream. Please, please, <laughs> for the love of God, send us ice cream. <sighs> we'll eat all of it and we will talk about it on yeah. the pod. Yeah. And in our personal lives. Exactly. And on the internet. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's bringing you joy this week? What's your chaser? Mine, uh, apologies to the climate, um, is air conditioning. Oh, thank the Lord for air conditioning. <laughs> or and, and or my fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought, I realized I had a bunch of like points that I could use on various e-tail websites. Uh-huh. Um, and that, so I could just buy, like, I got a Dyson fan that is <gasps> um, amazing. Oh my God. Because you can put your hand through it. Yes, yeah, the best thing. I don't understand how it works. I'm like, this is magic. <laughs> but I bought that with just like points that I had from a credit card. Wow. But yeah, this week, I mean, it was like the hottest New York has been in a while. It was almost 100 degrees yesterday. I mean, real feel, it was over 100. And I subscribe to the real feel. Okay. Air conditioning. um, I know it is somehow killing the environment, but it feels good on my (laughs) skin. it for this week's episode thanks for listening to unhappy hour if you want more unhappy hour shit obviously you do head straight to my patreon page where you can get video of bonus worst things first stories that were cut from this week and every week's episodes you can get video of our extended full guest complainer interviews and a whole bunch of other fun stuff also go buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com and then obviously head to apple podcast spotify odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y Wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. What is up?